Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are and wherever you are listening, welcome to today's show. This podcast is for you if you are one of those unique women who are thinking, preparing, planning for their next chapter that is called retirement. The topics of today is a great speaker where we will talk about many aspects that I think are very important for having a blissful retirement. I am Maria Lucassen, and as you, uh, I'm a retirement coach. Do you know how many hours you have in retirement? Let me tell you. According to the Center of Retirement Research of the Boston College, uh, 20 years is about 7,300 days and 175,000 200 hours. Woo, that's a long time. So if you are thinking about retirement, you might think about how long that can be and how much fun you can have in your retirement when you plan for it, when you think about it. So I'm a certified retirement coach and I help women find joy and meaning in retirement. Ideally, we make the plans before starting the next phase in life. And as you all know, there's plenty of information on the financial aspect, but I um, focus more on the lifestyle issues. And today I have a wonderful speaker and I'm going to introduce you to her in a minute. I first want to talk about the affirmation of this month. So for all of you who do not know what an affirmation is, an affirmation opens the door for you. It's a, a sentence. It's the beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. So the more you say them, the more benefit you will have. So for today, the affirmation is a fit body, a calm mind, a house full of love. These things cannot be bought. They must be earned. I don't know who came up with it. I found it on Google and uh, there was no name whatsoever with it, but I liked it. So I hope you like it too. I hope it will help you in the next couple of weeks with your life. So my speaker today Ooh, I'm so excited about that. Her name is Dr. Jillian 
Lockage. Dr. Jillian, welcome to my podcast. Thank you to be here. I'm so happy that you have time uh, today to talk with us about a really great topic. But first, I want to give a little bit of background about Dr. Jillian, and we probably talk about it during the show as well. Well, Dr. Jillian Lockage is an international speaker, and she's the author of the book, Growing Older, Liver Younger, The Science of Aging Gracefully and the Art of Retiring Comfortably. Ooh, that sounds so good. <laughs> and she is the host of the Growing Older, Liver Younger podcast. So as a dual certified specialist, in pediatrics and medical biochemistry, and a professor at the University of British Columbia. Her professional career was deeply rooted in science. Um, during her rehabilitation from a life-saving emergency spinal surgery, her passion to be able to dance again led her to explore the intersection of medical and epigenetic science with non-Western healing traditions and to understand how to change aging at the cellular level. That caught my eye, my attention. Having developed her successful personal roadmap for aging usefully, she founded the Growing Older, Liver Younger project to help others find their personal roadmap to extend their health span. Aligned with this mission, she became an entrepreneur, building a global online business in aging gracefully and usefully to help others age usefully, keep vibrant and active, and build their own financial futures. When I read this, and I, I got in touch with her. It just inspired me to say, she has to be on my show. So I'm so glad that you are here. And I'm so curious to find out how you launched your podcast and published your book about growing older, living younger, just before your 76th birthday. Wow. I think if you did that at that age, we have a long way all to go to match that. So what <laughs> does growing older and living younger mean to you? Well, it, it's a really interesting question because to me, growing older, living younger, it, it's both a mindset that one needs to adopt. And it's also a lifestyle that flows naturally from wanting to live young as we age. So, you know, we know that our lifespan has increased. And so many of us can expect to live into our 80s and 90s. Yes. And longevity is one issue. In other words, a longer lifespan. But none of us want to be living at 90 and with, you know, 
our minds gone and our bodies physically decayed. So for me, the importance of growing older, living younger, is that we want to enhance our health span, not just our lifespan. In other words, we want to age well, and we want to live in wellness and health until the moment when the time comes for us to pass into other regions. Yes, and I, I can't um, agree more with you. Health is the most contributing factor in the rest of your life because nobody exactly knows when that end of life comes. It can be sooner or later, but the longer you can be healthy and enjoy the things that you like to do, um, that's what, what we all want, that we all deserve after working, living for 60, 70 years. So health is very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so how did the whole movement of growing older, living younger come about? Well, I, I think the first thing that happened was I embraced the concept and the mindset that I was able to change aspects of my aging process to age youthfully. And once I grasped that and accepted that, I was able to start making the lifestyle changes in order to achieve that goal. So basically, it all started at a time when I had to recover mentally and physically from a series of catastrophes that had changed me from, I was an energetic, vibrant, you know, optimistic, hardworking career woman with a, I had it all, you know, a lovely family. And then this sort of series of events occurred, uh, culminating in spinal um, injury from spinal stenosis, which is when your spine, the, the, the sort of um, bony parts of your uh, spine become narrow and compress the nerves. And that I ended up uh, with sciatica and emergency spinal surgery. And so basically during that time when I was suffering from sciatica and the severe low back pain, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, I ended up putting on 40 pounds. Um, I didn't want to see anybody. I, I basically couldn't be active, go out and do the theater reviews that I was doing. And it was just a, a really nightmare time for me. And when I had the emergency surgery, which was, was truly life-saving, I realized that if I were con to continue uh, on the path that I was, of being inactive, being depressed, eating all the time, putting on weight, um, I was going to end up with all the sort of what we call the aging associated disorders, you know, um, the sort of diabetes, diabetes, obesity syndrome, you know, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and all of those kinds of things. So I was very fortunate in that my, my oldest son uh, came up to help me through the immediate uh, post-surgery um, timeframe. And I was discharged home with all this metal in my back and told that I you know, needed to start walking. Um, and this was like three days after I'd had this major back surgery. Wow. And so I came home 
And my son said to me, mom, if you want to get back on the dance floor, we're going to start you off on a strong rehabilitation program, but you have to have the mindset that you can do it. And so the first thing that he did was um, we went downstairs and I started walking and I couldn't really walk for more than, gosh, it wasn't even five minutes. And I sort of tell the story that I live on a, near the seawall um, of what we call False Creek here in Vancouver. And along that seawall, there are trees planted at various intervals with benches and things where people can sit down. And I, the first day I managed to walk up to the second tree and each day, my son said to me, come on, we're going to walk a little bit further. And gradually, by the time he left to go back to New York, um, I was able to walk for probably 20 to 30 minutes. Wow. Um, Straight after this, the surgery, then my daughter came up uh, for the next uh, time <laughs> to help as well. Yeah. And so I started my rehabilitation program, started simply walking. Yeah. Once I was sort of, you know, feeling that I was regularly at becoming active, I really started thinking about what do I need to do to change the way I was aging? And so over the course of time, I evolved what I call my personal roadmap to growing older and living younger. And it basically involved seven pillars. Oh. The first... Yeah, so the first foundational pillar was understanding my genetics. What was the uh, DNA blueprint that I had, had inherited from my parents? And was there any way that I could change uh, some of the, the things that had caused disease for them so that I aged differently? So pillar number one is understanding your genetics. And then I, I can talk a little bit more about the concept of epigenetics, which is how we can change the way our genes function. Yes, please this, do, because I, you can do it now or later, but I would love to hear uh, you, what you found out yeah, about that. Okay, with, well, with respect, so, so we get our DNA blueprint from our parents. Yes. And basically what we know is that the genes that we have in there, something like 20,000 to 25,000, basically what they do is they, they form a protein which becomes part of our body, whether it's an enzyme, whether it's uh, something that's gonna become part of your skin or your organs, but the genes make proteins. And what we now know is that, that those genes that, that basically construct our body um, are only about 2% of the DNA in our blueprint. Ooh. And the other 98% of it is responsible for figuring out or changing the way those genes work. So they might either make more or less of the particular protein. So they regulate our genetic function. Wow. And the process, uh, because the other... 98% um, is outside the gene area, it's called epigenetics. Ah. So epigenetics uh, is sort of comprises the factors that change the way our genes work. So for example, the best way to explain it is um, 
Think about a set of identical twins. So they are born with the exact same set of genes, exact same DNA. And imagine that one of them lives, you know, uh, a really good life, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, eats well, exercises, you know, lives happily, is emotionally uh, stable. And then the other one drinks, smokes, maybe uses drugs, goes out in the sun and bakes his skin, um, doesn't eat well, parties all night. You can imagine that although they're identical in appearance, at the time of birth, by the time they get into even their 20s or 30s, they they are going to look different. And the process that creates this difference uh, is is epigenetics, changing the way their genes work, which is at the cellular level, which is where we age. So one of the things that I started investigating is what is there that we can do? How can we tweak our lifestyle Uh, to make sure that we optimize the way our genes are functioning. So that's pillar one, which is all about genes and making sure that your genetic identity from your DNA doesn't define what you become. The second pillar really was all about mindset. And as we sort of mentioned, it all starts in the mind. Um, As you've sort of said, by you know, repeating your affirmations makes a change. Yes. And so I looked at three aspects to do with my mind. The first was obviously the way I thought about things. And I had to adopt uh, the um, recognition that I could change my aging. The second thing was I realized that I, I needed to become much more mindful and learn how to be in the present. So I wasn't always running around like, where did I put my keys? Where did I put my glasses, etc. Yeah. And obviously ways in which you do that is first of all, focusing, but also um, that's where things like um, meditation and all of that can come in. And the third part in that mindset area um, related to wanting to preserve cognitive facilities. In other words, preserve my memory, um, preserve my speed of calculation, all of that. And so I looked at various modalities that, that I could use to keep cognitively healthy. So some of the things that I chose, obviously it's gotta be things that are fun for you. So I do computerized brain training. Um, I do cryptic crossword puzzles. I read a lot. All of those kinds of things. Um, I thought about taking up piano again, but I couldn't figure out how to fit that into my time because I was too busy (laughs) with everything else. The other thing that I really want to do, and I've been working on it sporadically, was uh, to really improve my Spanish. (laughs) But that's not going that well. No. But I love the ideas that you have. That's what I often say to people, take up Spanish or take up piano lessons. That are things that you easily can do if you have time in your schedule, but you are a busy lady again with lots of other things. But yes, there's so many things that you can think of when you retire that 
have piqued your interest at one time, or maybe like the piano you might have done as a child, but then uh, you stopped it because there was so much more and else happening in your life. And this would be a great time to take it up again. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I asking. actually stopped, uh, stopped piano because I never practiced. And my mother said, if you're not going to practice, there's no point in you having piano lessons. So that was when I was about four or five. <laughs> so, Ooh, yes, yes. Yeah. So the third pillar is all revolves around nutrition because you really are what you eat. So I looked into various um, forms of, uh, you know, nutrition lifestyle. And ultimately, based, I, I settled on the fact that a low carbohydrate uh, nutritional lifestyle, ketogenic lifestyle with intermittent fasting was the way that I felt healthiest and, you know, most active uh, and never hungry. So that's the, the third pillar is all to do with nutrition. And because as a medical biochemist, I understood the complexity of our body's metabolism. We've got thousands of reactions that are happening, you know, every minute, every second in all our cells. I really looked into the importance of nutritional supplementation, making sure that we have the vitamins, the minerals, the trace elements, and then the plant-based antioxidants and nutrients that we need to keep our bodies tuned up. Yeah. The uh, fourth pillar was to do with everything to do with physicality, physical activity. One of the things that happened as a result of the back injury was that my posture was absolutely appalling. And it, it really bothers me when I see young people walking around in the streets looking at their cell phones, because I think we're bringing up a generation of people who are going to have really, really poor posture and are going to have a lot of problems as a result of that. So posture, um, the other thing to do with physical activity was I realized that sitting for long periods of time, for example, when we, you know, slumped in front of a, a television, watching our wonderful TV shows or, or even reading or anything like that, really, you don't want to spend too much time sitting. And so I do a lot of my work at a standing desk. So I, you know, sit for a very, very short period of time. And that's a little difficult to do for some people who are working and whose, whose jobs involve sitting. But, you know, you can always get your employers to look at um, ergonomic ways in which you could work at a standing desk. So that was filler, that was pillar number four. Yes. The fifth pillar was basically personal care and presentation. And I realized that if you want to um, share your wisdom and present information to people, you have to be a role model. So starting my business um, at 70 as an entrepreneur in, in health and wellness and anti-aging, it was really important for me to look into things like my skin care and see if I could, again, using epigenetics, change the way my skin was aging at the cellular level. Yeah. 
wrinkles, get rid of the um, sort of dry, sallow skin. And it, it's really important when I talk to people about that, so many of them say, oh, you know, I'm old, which I, I never allow that word in my vocabulary, right? <laughs> I'm old and I don't care about wrinkles. And my point is you want to keep your skin as healthy and youthful as it, you can because it's the biggest organ that you've got in your body. It's your defense against the outside world. So personal care um, is pillar number five. Pillar number six is all about connectivity, the importance of becoming part of a community, of um, reaching out and talking to people. We mentioned, you know, that you lose your networks when you retire, but it's really, really important to you know, regain that in some way, you know, whether you join a, a quilting group or somebody who wants to learn a language or you volunteer, but reaching out and, you know, enhancing you as part of the, the global community and part of the world. And then the final, uh, the seventh pillar, I, I call it choose a challenge because I believe that one of the ways of counteracting the degeneration of aging is by constantly learning something new, being active. Again, whether it's, you know, I'm not a skydiver and I'm not a mountain climber, but whether it's, you know, going on hikes, whether it's volunteering, whether it's learning a language, you know, all of that, or as I did, starting a business, becoming an entrepreneur for the first time, starting a podcast, writing a book, and so those are basically the seven pillars of my personal roadmap. And what I like to do is to talk to people about how they can develop their own personal roadmaps, because obviously what's right for me is not necessarily going to be right for somebody else. No, and I love your seven pillars. They match quite a bit with my eight areas where I look at when I start working with clients on how they can create their dream of a blissful retirement. So yes, all the things that you mentioned for sure are part of how we can create that next phase in our life, still feeling active and energetic and do the best we can. And if you can keep it at um, a standstill and not de decreasing in such a matter. In the beginning, a couple of years ago, when I saw my skin, I was terrified. I tell you, I hated it to look at myself in the mirror and see my wrinkles, mm. look at my skin. And I thought all the crappy stuff. And I thought, oh, and that was just when the pandemic started and I thought, okay, maybe it's because I'm not going to the gym anymore or something, you know, but in meanwhile, I made peace with it. But I, same as you, I do all kinds of activities and I eat certain food and I put certain things on my skin so that I will maintain it the best way I can. Because just like you said, I don't want to grow 100 years old, which is my goal. And then uh, somewhere in my 90s, have to say, okay, oh, how do I look like? 
please don't make a picture of me, you know. So, yes, right. I, I, I don't know. Um, quite a few people have um, sit down and they let these feelings totally emerge them and say, okay, now old age, no, it's not for me and all that kind of things. If you did feel it and go with it, yeah, then it's not a happy life. But I think most of us, that's why I'm doing this and that's why you are doing this too, is, is to create a different perspective on how life can be when you really want it. So your mindset is a big, big part Absolutely. of Absolutely, yeah. And that's, that's why I, I say mindset is a hugely important part. And there, there are so many myths of, about aging I, that you really have to help people get beyond that. So, yes. Yeah. If, uh, I, I know one of the things uh, you probably have heard quite a few uh, as well is, okay, yeah, um, once you are over 60 years old, your brain is going, you know. <laughs> And you forget yeah. things. Yes, you forget things, but uh, you can do things to remember. Well, I, I sort of have this list of things that I, I, I talk to people and, you know, to find out if any of these come into to, to sort of their belief system. One of them is that physical and mental deterioration is inevitable, which clearly it's not, you know, and then it's, it's myths about exercise. The elderly shouldn't exercise. Exercising is going to cause injury. You know, you may have osteoporosis and so you're going to break bones. And then the other one is, is around the question of sleep. You know, uh, some people believe that older people need less sleep. Other people think, oh, they sleep all the time because they have naps every afternoon. You know, there's a lot of mythology around that. And then as you made the point, you know, the mythology about you can't learn new things, absolutely not true. You know, you absolutely can. So those are some of the myths. Yes, and uh Indeed, um, depending on to who you are talking, some people might uh, indeed say, okay, I can't do this. And they say, okay, 60-year-old or 70-year-old, what do they do in the gym? Huh. Uh, the gym can be a great place for you mm -hmm. to work on your bones if you have osteoporosis, because it might uh, give you the possibility to strengthen your bone again. Uh, so when next time when you do your, uh, your x-ray, it might show that you have um, not such a severe osteoporosis anymore. So that's one of the reasons why I go to the gym, besides of looking good and feeling in shape. Um, yes. Right. And the other thing is, you know, people sort of think about resistant training and weightlifting. It's, it's for bodybuilders. But if you think about it, if it's, you know, supervised correctly and you do it properly, what you're building up is, is your lean body mass. You're building up muscle and strengthening your muscle. And I think that's a really important part of exercise, you know, for, for the older individual as it is for everybody. Uh, yes, yes. Um, if you do it with a trainer or a physiotherapist yes. or so, they will show you, they will start slowly with you if you want to do it. And um, so you can build it up. 
it doesn't have to be the 10 pounds weight right from the get-go. You can start <laughs> with a half right. a pound or a pound. As long as you do the movement right, you're going to be good. Um, yes. So that, that's my philosophy on, uh, on, on how to stay healthy. And as you mentioned right in the beginning, you started with walking. Walking, yes. I am a big advocate about because everybody can walk. And you can, just like you did, start small from get to the first three. And then next time, try to go to the next one and, and build it up. And um, yes, mm -hmm. so I, I think if you really want to, you can find ways to stay. Yeah, one of the um, earlier podcast episodes that I did uh, was with the lady who was an occupational therapist who invented the urban polling. Uh, and this is these these urban poles are really great for people either who are rehabilitating or are just trying to get fit because it helps them with their balance and feeling a little safer, preventing the the fear of falling. Right. So that's something that people might be interested in hearing about. Uh, for sure, I I know quite a few women who have a tendency to fall because of balance issue. And that might be something with their ears. Uh, and it might not be something else um, why they keep tripping and then fall. And um, sometimes it's just damage in the face, but you can also break your pulse or something else. And then you're out of, um, for a couple of weeks, you can't drive your car. So um, it has all consequences. Yeah. So what, do you have, tools or resources for the ladies that are listening to us, how they can, uh, what they can use to live a different life and maybe try to live younger? Yeah, there's a, there's a range of, of tools that I use. Uh, many of them are um, apps on your, your smartphone. So it depends on what is the specific lifestyle habit that one is trying to change. Uh, and, you know, so basically what I do is I talk to people, find out what is what their needs are, what they're trying to change, and then I can suggest the appropriate apps. And many of them are just free apps on your, on your phone. Um, the second uh, range or group of, of resources, we can do a lot through our lifestyle to change the way our genes function, as I mentioned, yes. epigenetics. But in addition, the, um, I, I use a range of what I call epigenetic nutritional supplements. One of them uh, changes the energy level uh, the energy created by sort of mitochondria in our brain and heart and muscle. So I find that it, it makes me feel more alert, more energetic, uh, and I recover quickly from dance exercises. The other um, product that, that I really recommend resets about 1,200 genes. So it tunes up all our body systems. And again, I, I credit that for the fact that nobody believes that I'm 76. No. So, <laughs> you know, so there's a whole range of those. I did mention as well that at when you're considering your nutritional program, you have to make sure that you're providing your body with all the micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, and the trace elements. So I'm very careful to make sure the quality 
of the products that I use um, and the range of um, micronutrients that are in them are appropriate for my, you know, my age and for the age of the person that I'm counseling. So, you know, there's a lot more, but, you know, that would be a, an hour's talk in itself. So basically, if people want to hear more about it, um, I, you know, I would suggest that they can set up a discovery call with me. Okay. Um, yeah, I love that. So yeah, I, no, uh, that would have been my next question. How can our the listeners get in touch with you to find out more about uh, the epigenetic uh, possibilities that can help change them, their own trajectory of their life in a way and make it more healthier and live longer, younger, as, uh, as we, we say. So I will uh, put your email address. Is that what you want me to put in the notes? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so the email address, askdrjill at gmail.com. They can also, if, they, if people are in North America, uh, they can also get the soft cover copy of my book. And I, again, I can give you the link for that. If yeah. they're outside North America, it's a little more difficult for me to ship the books to them. So they can go and, and get the Kindle edition, um, oh. you know, at Amazon. And again, I can give you the link for that. I would love to have them because I will uh, put them up in uh, the description of the show so whoever is listening can find the resources the books that you that you wrote and um, even the kindle version is probably for many people a great way i do a lot of listening and and reading mm -hmm. while i um while i do something else uh in meanwhile and uh, so it's uh it's 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 great to have the possibility to have it on your phone instead of having it in a book but I love books uh real books yeah. so uh I probably will get it from you in this soft core <laughs> version copy so there, yeah that's right. nice yeah. so I uh I that was really my last questions you answered them before I had a chance to ask them I am <laughs> so great that you helped us see that um, the way how we retire, it's all our choice. It's our choice of what we put in our mouths. It's our choice of what we do on a daily basis with our body. And um, we can all live uh, a longer life and live with younger as that we all think about right now. So thank you for uh, sharing this information with us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been delightful to talk to you. Yes. Um, so, ladies, this is the end of today's podcast. I have to wrap this up. But there will be a new podcast in about four weeks' time. So if you are retiring this year or maybe the, you did it last year and you have not prepared for the changes in this chapter of life of retirement but you would like to make the best time of your life then i invite you to join my facebook group 
which is called Women Seeking Blissful Retirement, the same as the podcast. So join us there. There are other ladies who are on their journey. So we help each other, support each other, and uh, just uh, have a good time. So if that is uh, something you like to do, join me on the Facebook group. And also, you can write me any questions uh, at Maria at marialukassenhq.com. You will find that in uh, the description of the show as well. And if you are curious about the self-assessment that I talked about earlier uh, today, write me an email and I will send you the link for the self-assessment. So thank you for tuning in and I talk to you again in the near future. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.